I remember a specific night where I was at a, a, one of these low points and I remember saying out loud to myself, I can't live like this anymore. It was, a, it was like a switch turned on in me that just cracked the door to my consciousness little by little, wanting to find another way of being, another way of living life. And again, it wasn't like, it wasn't overnight. This was years of healing and working on myself. But I knew that in order to release the shame, I needed to authentically know and understand myself on a deep level, which would then lead me getting connected again to the love inside me that I was so desperate for, but completely cut off from. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and this is episode 134 with my beautiful man sitting right here with me. Welcome to The Medicine, my love. Welcome to The Medicine. (laughs) My love, what is going on, everybody? We are stoked. I got to come up with new words. Yeah. <laughs> stoked, super excited. I use them yeah. a lot. I got to come up with new descriptors because I, I, you are my king, you are my man, you are my partner in this life and all others. Um, but I, I want to switch it up from time to time and make it, you know, fun for the listener. Well, what's going to come out of her mouth next? What would be appropriate today would be unshowered, gre- <laughs> greasy. <laughs> Um, I've been in an intense day of work and it's been great. Got a couple of wins under my belt, but I look haggard. I, I think look you warm. look great. So if you're looking at, if you're watching me on video, I'm a little greasy. <laughs> you may be able to see your own reflection in the shine <laughs> that is on my face. It's warm and humid. You're just glowing. Warm and humid in San Diego. It and, is. uh, but too blessed to be stressed. Right. Yes. Well, I'm riding on, you know, day three or four of, uh, unwashed hair, just got some, you know, uh, dry shampoo in there, some hairspray and put it up in a pony and call it good. You look freaking sexy. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We are, this is going to be a fun episode. Um, it's going to be familiar for, for anybody who's listened to, uh, the medicine podcast, because we typically ask, we've got around about a dozen or so questions that we sort of like rotate through different guests that we have as a way to get to know them a little bit better mm-hmm. on a deeper level and kind of like it's kind of foreplay for yeah. deep topics of conversation totally. that we have with guests with experts and their questions around uh god their questions around you know people's perspectives opinions where they've changed their mind what challenging moments in their life have turned into their greatest learning opportunities mm-hmm. and it's funny we ask these of other people all the time and in reality you and I think about these and, and talk about these all the time, but we actually haven't recorded an episode where we go through yeah. our own self-reflection on some of these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this episode is about just that. What are some of these kind of critical core questions that we try to 
unearth from uh, unearth answers or at least um, thoughts on with each one of our guests, you know, what is that for us? What's this internal dialogue about these questions um, that we have with ourselves, with each other, and then opening this up to the listeners as a giant nudge to start asking these questions yourself. You probably have already done so if you listen to one of these episodes, but self-reflection is such a critical point to self-development. Yeah, and all of the questions that we're going to answer today could be could have completely different answers in a year. You yes. Know? And that's, you know, just indicative of a, a growth-oriented mindset where we're constantly just asking questions and learning, discovering, uncovering, and continuing to engage in deep conversations with each other yeah. and ourselves and internal dialogue, but then also the amazing guests that we are so blessed to uh, have on our show. I honestly just, we, we talk about it all the time, and maybe not enough on here, but it's such a freaking blessing to get to have these types of conversations with, you know, people who are making real change in the world, people who are creating magic in their lives and the lives of the people that they work with or their clients, patients, what, whoever they are in this world. And um, I, I'm so lit up by the work that we get to do and, and call it work and then being able to gift that to other people in the form of, uh, you know, a podcast is, is um, I, I never really thought that I would be here, but I'm so glad that we are and that this is the quote unquote work that yeah. we get to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to hear your answers today. Um, we have not looked at or seen each other's answers to any of these questions. So I, it's all going to be a surprise mm -hmm. to me and to you, I think. We're each other's guests. Yes, we are. Guests. Guests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we are super excited. But first, before we get into the juice, the meat, I want to know, my love, what you got going on in your cup today? What do I got going on in my cup? This is H2O, everybody. This is water <laughs> and specifically it is filtered and structured water. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like ended it there. If you've gone deep into the medicine archives, I think it was about a year ago or so, we had Gary Greenfield, uh, owner of Greenfield Naturals on the podcast. I think that was episode 83 or 84, okay. somewhere in there. Talking about pr probably the coolest and wildly cost, most cost-effective structuring and filtering water systems that you can put in your house. We have it in our condo. Um, and I, it's, you know, we talk about products and adaptogens and, and ingredients that you can mix and, and have a ton of fun with, but sometimes you just need H2O. <laughs> yeah. And so I have just water today. I actually put some, some minerals in there as well, but it's just structured water. And sometimes you just need that. Yep. Absolutely. It was episode 82. 82. I just checked. I also, uh, earlier in the, earlier in the day in preparation for this podcast, took something that is just a massive ally for me. Um, and it is from Botanic Tonics. It is called Feel Free. You've probably heard me talk about it uh, in the past, but it's got two of my favorite um, herbs. Herbs, very clean, but the most some of the most euphoric, engaging feelings from a from a supplement that I've really ever taken. And uh, so this it's a mixture of kratom or kratom, if you will, and kava both of which are from like the Pacific region. They come from a root and a leaf and they have these really nice euphoric mm -hmm. effects. 
but they don't leave you disassociated like you would get with marijuana or like what you would get with alcohol or other kind of like psychoactives. Mm -hmm. It's very engaging. So it's a really nice body high. It's actually used a lot of times uh, for pain relief. But what I love the most about it is it actually tunes me in. Mm-hmm. I get very engaged and it helps with articulation. It helps on a busy day. I cycle this. So I try not to have a uh, Kratom or Kava more than, you know, two or three times a week at most um, because they do have a, a, an impact on kind of like your endocrine system and your, your uh, opioid system. And so I do it sparingly, but man, it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite uh, products out there. It's on our medicine cabinet too. Uh, with a discount for, I think, 20% off. Mm -hmm. If you guys don't mind having a little bit of an altered state of consciousness without losing your actual ability to tune in, this is for you. Mm -hmm. So I would highly suggest giving it a try. It doesn't taste the best. Um, But it it really does amplify the experience that you are partaking in. Yeah, I love it. We we like to enjoy it before we go to the beach or before we go on a hike or before we podcast and everything that you said I completely echo and I would I would just say that also it's it's very gentle. Super it's gentle. It's very gentle. It's not like blasting off and, you know, after eating an edible or something. Yep. It's it's very gentle. You may not even feel like you actually have anything in your system. You may just get done with a hike or a beach walk or a conversation or whatever it is and be like, wow, it was a really good day. That yeah. was really enjoyable, which yeah. is the best type of mind altering substance you can take when you just kind of even forget that it's in your body and it's not this harsh like blast off. Yep, totally. So uh, that was what was in my mouth and now this is what's in my glass my cup it. is just h2o baby um you can find greenfield naturals on our medicine cabinet as well we've had mm-hmm. a lot of people who've actually put full systems in their homes uh, from gary talked to gary personally um and they've also gotten some of the other devices that you can use to structure yeah. your, your water um, so highly recommend that as well one of the best investments we've ever made oh for sure and they also have what we we love the handheld vortexer yeah. that you can travel with so you can grab some you know alkaline or purified water from the store definitely i don't recommend <laughs> still using like tap water or like hotel water but get as clean water as you as you possibly can whenever you travel and then uh, have it flow through this vortexer and it structures it so that it is the water that basically mimics water in nature. Right. So it restructures those water molecules so that your body can actually become hydrated from them rather than them just sitting there in a bottle under fluorescent light for who knows how long. It may be clean water, but it's probably dead. Yeah. And so you can think of a vortex or like injecting life back into your water so that your body can really utilize it to its fullest. Yep. Rain comes down in the sky, falls on the earth. It gets filtered through the, the, the various mechanisms that the earth has to, mm-hmm. to kind of re-establish the cleanliness of the water. It runs it back through springs and rivers, and that water is now clean, running through rocks and different sequences and geometrical shapes to then actually take on this body, mm-hmm. this body of life that we can then consume. That's what they're mimicking with these devices. We live in a world where we can't necessarily get clean water all the time or don't have a clean stream to go put our mouth in. So we can actually mimic what nature is so infinitely wise uh, in its doing by putting these devices with people who've really dedicated their life to this type of earth technology and mm-hmm. mimicking it so that we can use it in in our residential lives. Yeah. And so it's freaking rad. Uh, the more I learn about it and the more I learn from people like Paul Check about 
just the the beauty of the water cycle is mm-hmm. so cool and so yeah i guess we're now ranting on on water <laughs> but uh that's it for me i gotta hear about you and wherever your cup is <laughs> and what you got going on in it yes i too also my body was feeling like it needed some water with some extra zhuzh if you will. Um, so I have our clean structured water. And then I also added a capful of ASEA, which some of our listeners will know what this is. Others, I'm sure you're, you're learning about it just like we are. Um, but ASEA is, a, it's a liquid formulation and it's, I think it's called ASEA Redox. And I can't believe I'm just learning about it right now. I learned about it from um, our friend, Angie Fletcher, Angie Green. And just blown away by the anecdotal stories and then also just the science behind it. Um, Basically, again, I'm still learning about it. We just got it like a week ago. But it's basically helping every cell in your body function better, be more effective at things like healing. And then in turn is also positively affecting the genetic expression of your actual genes. So that's everything from immune system to cardiovascular health to wound healing to um, you know metabolism and hormone balance. And I'm really excited to incorporate this uh, more into our lives and, and have those positive benefits. So yeah, I just have water and a capful of ASEA. The taste is kind of like it's got a like slight chlorine smell. It's not chlorinated, but it's got a slight smell like that. But it's really not bad. It tastes like, yeah. you know, taking a little gulp of like pool water. <laughs> yeah, it's, it reminds me of swimming lessons as a kid. Yeah, right. you know. It's nostalgic. Right, it's nostalgic. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're, we're loving that. And uh, we'll let you guys know if we in the future get any sort of like discount or link or yeah. anything there. But as of right now, nothing yet. But w- again, we try these products on ourselves for at least 30 to 60 days before we try to partner with anyone. Like Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that the products that we're bringing into our lives and then by extension, the people who listen to this podcast are legit. They actually work and they actually add some significance to your health, Uh, you know, and not just bringing in anyone and everyone that wants to partner with us. We're, We're turning around, we're turning down people every single week who are like, Hey, can we send you this free product to try X, Y, Z and give us a shout? We'll give you a discount code. And it's just, it's overwhelming sometimes. So we want to make sure that we're only bringing you guys the best and what's actually changed our lives. Totally. And on that note, like one, if you've been to the medicine cabinet on our website, you'll see uh, the products that we recommend and the the products we actually work uh, with these people on. We get to know the founders. We get to know the people who are putting the products together in addition to making sure we've seen all certifications uh, for their various badges of, of organic or um, you know, other claims that they might be making. But you know, we live in like a, a kind of a shaky time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many rumors and, and even more than rumors about supply chains either going down or having significant difficulties, price increases, inflations through the roof, gases, you know, completely out of control ungodly (laughs) and and we're going to start seeing with the economy changes um it's already happening and it's just a weird time to be alive it's potentially unstable and where i find confidence in my dollars in my financial um you know responsibility as an individual is investing in things that i know in my life that are going to pay off and that are going to be sustainable what do i mean by that 
it's kind of hard with the you know retirement funds and the stock market and cryptocurrency. It's so many layers removed from your actual ability to control that there's there's a fear associated when it starts to look a little unpredictable. And so for me, like I have such confidence in the products that we're investing in for our own health and mm-hmm. well-being because of this process where we get to know the people, we get to know the founders, we get to know the brands, where they're going, what they're doing in the world. And we're making sure that they're going to be a part of the solution. They're gonna be around in this potentially unstable world to provide solutions for people, for health, wellness, vitality. That, you can't even put a number, you can't even put a dollar on that. So like regardless of what happens, I'm putting my dollars in these types of efforts. And it's Mm -hmm. literally what what the point of the medicine cabinet is it's to say hey we're vetting these brands and these products specifically we're doing our best to make them as affordable as as possible by asking for discounts that we can hand off to our listeners and really ensuring that these products that you're investing in are contributing to a holistic well-being for you Mm -hmm. that vitality turns into greater meaning it turns into your purpose it turns into living your legacy and thus your ability to impact the world uh beautifully put and i would also add that it's also helping you to continue to create a relationship with your health with your body not so much this transactional thing where it's like okay i eat this many calories or this many macros or i you know uh take this capsule this many times a day it's like And what am I going to get from it? It's more of like, hey, what are these things that can add to my life? And what do I want to create with my health? And that's the, that's kind of the stance that we, we want to take with, with every product that we bring into our lives. So if you want to check out the medicine cabinet, that's themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet. And there's no E on the end of medicine anywhere in there. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, if you are loving uh, the show, if you're loving the podcast, it means so much if you share it. Um, share it on your Instagram, your Facebook, word of mouth. Uh, we, we love any and all uh, spreading of the good stuff. Uh, that is the Medicine Podcast. Hit us up directly. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. We're so open to feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you feel compelled, leave us a review, Apple or Spotify. Uh, leave us a review. Give us a star rating. And uh, we actually, if you do so, uh, we send you some love. So whether that's yeah. one of the products that we recommend um, whether that's a handwritten note, whether that's a physical visit to your door and a, and a hug, <laughs> that may be, that may hey, happen. Hey, you never know. Um, if you live in Coronado, If you maybe. live in Coronado. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it means a ton. So, uh, we really appreciate everybody listening and, and, and giving us feedback. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I'm going to say here, you mentioned we'll, we'll send you a goodie from our medicine cabinet. That is true. When you write your review, before you push submit, just take a screenshot and yeah. email it to themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Remember, no E on the end of medicine. Themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, we, and, and make sure you include uh, your shipping address. And we will send you a personalized thank you and uh, surprise goodie from our medicine cabinet. Mm, so good. So good. All, All right. right. Let's so do it. let's jump in. Why, I mean, before we get into these questions, we're going to be asking a few of them. Why is it important to self-reflect and develop our own opinions or, or, or at least our own thoughts mm-hmm. around these questions? We don't need yeah. to be opinionated assholes, but I think at the minimum, it's okay to just explore through conversation or self-reflection what we might think about these. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're, we're seeing 
um, in the world and, you know, the last two, three years, I mean, all throughout history, but I think in, you know, our lifetime, this idea of if you don't have a plan or if you're not developing your own sound logic and intuitive relationship with yourself, if you don't have that kind of plan happening, you're going to become a part of someone else's plan. Yeah. And so I think it's just critical. I mean, it's it's a core value of ours to continue to self-reflect and ask these deep, sometimes really difficult questions. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I'm completely aligned. If you don't ask these questions yourself and come up with potential answers or at least just thought forms around these, you're going to be very subject to the risk that someone else will fill them in for you. They'll mm -hmm. give the answers to you. And that's okay if you have a completely trustworthy source, but how many yeah. people have completely <laughs> trustworthy sources? And I think you're just generally going to be more susceptible to groupthink, uh, to somebody else's opinion. Said differently, you're more easily manipulated. Right. I think that another piece is that this is fun. This mm -hmm. is a great way to develop a loving relationship with yourself. We talk about self-love all the time and how critical it is before any of these other, you know, loving your significant other, before having your own, you know, dreams and goals. It comes down to a foundation of loving yourself and, and creating a relationship with yourself. I think this practice of self-reflection on big questions and just meditating and contemplating the meaning or the purpose of, of these types of things uh, is critical, as well as just evaluating your own life, your own history, and looking for little signs and lessons of things that could potentially benefit you throughout the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. And I, I would I would say, uh, I'm, I'm going to actually talk about it in one of my answers to the questions today, but um, if you don't feel like you're in a place where you truly are acting in a way that's loving, if you feel like, man, I just don't feel like I love myself, how do you even do that? How do you even start it's in my experience when I was at my lowest and I didn't feel love for myself, it started with, okay, if I don't love myself yet, why don't I just try to get to know myself and understand mm -hmm. myself, know thyself on a, on a deep level. And when I've done that in my life, it hasn't led to anything but more true, authentic love for me, for yeah. myself. Hell yeah. And uh, so, yeah, huge, huge reason there. If you've been playing around with the thought of Botox for forehead lines or crow's feet or just frustrated by your acne scars, listen up, my love. ClearStem just brought back their No Botox Repair Serum that tells your skin to repair itself and generate new healthy collagen. This has quickly become my favorite of their products, and here's why. The blend of growth factors, peptides, and collagen-derived stem cells immediately feeds your skin what it needs to bounce back from internal stress, UV damage, acne scars, and other environmental aging triggers. Bounce Back is perfect for anyone who wants to avoid Botox, 
prolong the results of their existing Botox, prevent further lines from forming, and those of us who deal with deeper acne scarring. These ingredients are the real deal and as always, hormone-friendly and non-pore clogging. Completely corrective and targeted for skin repair. You will notice your skin visibly smoother, brighter, and healthier looking in just a few uses. I personally use Bounce Back once a day, usually in the morning, followed by Clearstem's Hydroglow Moisturizer. To get your lovely little hands on some Bounce Back or any of the anti-acne, anti-aging, truly clean Clearstem products, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI for a nice hefty discount or check it out in our medicine cabinet linked in the show notes. You and your skin are going to love this stuff. I think it helps you develop your core values, which mm-hmm. contributes to what we talk about all the time, your dream, your purpose, your legacy. I think it, I think it is Paul Check who says, if you don't have a dream, you'll end up with a crisis and the act of creation cannot exist from a place mm-hmm. of crisis. And I've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but if you can't create, you can't express yourself fully. Mm-hmm. You can't develop a deep relationship with love. Yes. And so... All of these ways are just a taste of how you can nurture this type of thing. Yeah. And like you said, it's fun. And, and, you know, if you feel so compelled, maybe write down these questions and and throw them out there the next time you're in a, you know, um, a car ride or a road trip with your significant other or friends or, you know, even over dinner. Like these things, they're deep questions, but you can ask one and and it, it, it sparks you know, two hours of conversation. Totally. We'll try to keep it under two yeah. hours today. <laughs> right. So we're going to go through uh, the, the question we ask every guest on the medicine. What do you love so much in your life that you wish you could gift it to every human? What are your views on God, the divine, or some greater purpose in your life? Mm-hmm. When the last time you significantly changed your mind and what was it? Mm-hmm. We're going to be saying, hey, we talk about catalysts all the time. What was a significant catalyzing moment in your life what was a situation that pivoted you into major growth and then lastly what is just one area that you are personally working on emotionally spiritually uh, that you're leaning into that you're interested in yep i think that's great and if we have time if we don't go to two hours we can rapid fire our last three questions medicine for your body mind and relationships right now good all right i gotta know kicking it off my love Mm -hmm. what do you love so much in your life what aspect of your life that you love so much mm-hmm. that you wish you could gift it to every human? Oh, there's so many things. But when I contemplate this question, every time I have, what comes up in my mind first, always, I wish I could gift every human the gift of a partner who sees them fully and chooses to love every bit. I believe, like we've already mentioned, that it must start with loving ourselves first. I've experienced that firsthand in our life, part one, part two. Um, But, and this isn't in necessarily a codependent way, like I can't live without you. It's more of this co-creative way that we talk about all the time. And just literally asking ourselves, through our relationship, what do we want to create together? That is such an empowering thought and thing to compre- uh, comprehend with your partner. Um, and, and just knowing that you see me fully and I can express every aspect of myself authentically and 
however I choose to express that, however I choose to show up, I know that you have my back and you love me fully. And then you also express that love openly. It just feels like nourishment to my soul. And um, I'm not over exaggerating when I say just having you as a partner in my life to co-create together feels like a freaking superpower. Yeah. And I couldn't be more grateful for it. And I never want to take it for granted because there was a time in my life when I didn't have anything close to that. I didn't have you at all. And having you back in my life in this beautiful part two that we get to create, it's just more apparent than ever. And I want to keep um, doing the things and developing the practices that let us lean into that co-creation together even more. Yeah. So it's it's you, my love. Mm, I love that. Well, we're so aligned as always. And uh, the answer for me to that question is is the same. And, and not to repeat everything you said, which I'm completely aligned with, um, but it's it's our connection. Our relationship has been my greatest teacher. I've learned more about myself, about God and love, which I guess arguably are all the same thing <laughs> uh, through this connection. Like, And very specifically, the channel that we have that we can slip into where it's just us and mm-hmm. it's it's exclusive to us. Uh, you know, we call it the under the red hat channel of communication. It's this little vortex of um, safety, like perfect safety, but at the same time also adventurous mm-hmm. and, and novel. And um, it is just so incredible that, that I would wish that every single person is able to have that type of connection with another human being. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go to the next question here. I will ask you this time. What are your views on God, my love, the divine, or some greater purpose for your life? Do you subscribe to any unique philosophy or epistemology or religion love this question (laughs) i think about it is a conversational g-spot for us it is (laughs) i think about god every single day of my life uh well every single day and arguably most days of my life uh at through 32 years i don't know (laughs) i don't subscribe to any unique philosophy epistemology or religion um And I do want to differentiate a little bit as I answer this question between source or the creator God versus feeling God in life and experiencing God in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really want to get into the conversation of like, where do we come from? I love that conversation, but that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And I have some thoughts for sure. And I do think they're related. Experiencing God in the day to day and, and is that source, is that the creator God? Totally. There's lots of big things there that, that I think can draw on, like correlation. But I'm going to stick to to what God is in my life. And my answer to that question is, I don't know. My explanations are not enough. And I'm actually okay with that mm-hmm. at this point. In fact, I think that might be the point. <laughs> so at least for now, I may have a new answer tomorrow. And I may have a new answer a year from now. But my question... My answer to that question is, I don't know. So let me like go through this a little bit because it's not that simple. Um, so I love this quote and it's it's kind of mysterious where it comes from. Some would say Hermes Trismegistus, the, this mythical Egyptian you <laughs> know, character. Uh, Joseph Campbell says it often. Paul Cech says it often. So it's been attributed to a few different people and said a few different ways. But it says, 
God is an infinite circle, the center of which is everywhere, the circumference of which is nowhere. And to me, this rings true. It means that God is real. It is surely everywhere and can be felt in any moment, but that it is also undefinable, unconfined to measurement. Mm-hmm. Out, it's outside of the standards of nature and science that we exist in. Mm-hmm. And then, so how do I know God is real? So Rumi uh, says, no man can get to God until he becomes a heretic, (laughs) which I love. Yeah, Uh, what what does he mean by that? So he means that you will never find God through memorizing definitions, scriptures, intellectually grasping God. You can't. It is the infinite undefinable. We will always fall short of articulating and explaining God. So... Like the way that I think about this, God for me is the unknown that holds the balance of everything that can be known. Polarity. There, there is a yin and a yang to everything. And to have things that are known, it must be held by this massive godlike unknown. And I think that sort of plays into this God experience thing for me. So in order to, to get comfortable with God, we must break away from those definitions that confine God to a written or spoken explanation. Because for me, it's an experience. So some may experience God through religion. Great. I'm yet to do so because the rules and the definitions of God through religion limit me in my ability to actually experience it. Mm -hmm. And as such, you might call me a heretic. But to me, it's like love. Try to define love or the feeling of love you have for something. Too intense, too impossible to define. But I know that I connect with love through my relationship. Yeah. If I was going to make a religion based on my interpretation of love, it might mean that people who do not have the connection that I have with a romantic love would not technically fit in. Does that mean they can't experience love? Mm, Hell no. Yeah. Wow. I love that explanation. Paul Cech says that if you want to find out what actually God is, then you have to do what's necessary to create the environment that's supportive of that, which works actually really well in complement with what Joseph Campbell would say. He would suggest that having a peak experience, a bliss experience, you know, like being outdoors, hiking in nature, laying under the stars, uh, finding flow through athletics. He, he was a, a runner at Columbia. We were just like listening to, to a, an interview that he had. And he felt that that was the most blissed out state that he'd ever been in. And he defined that as connecting to God. And so just realizing and feeling into that, the the moments where time stops, where presence is all that there is, where you reach awe Mm -hmm. and you say, oh my God. Oh yeah. Sometimes that's the only thing that feels right. That is experiencing God. And in it, you also somehow feel you're a part of all of that feeling and mm-hmm. that it's a part of you. Mm-hmm. So I totally get what, what Paul check and Joseph Campbell are saying here. I feel this. And I think that we may not be able to know God completely, definitely not articulate or explain God comp- like to the fullest. So we use metaphors, beautiful metaphors, mm-hmm. but they're limited still. And I believe that is what religious gods represent. Metaphors for an energy or an attribute of God, but not God in its entirety, and surely not God to the degree that we should take it literally. Mm. So in short, I think 
everything is God. And we are all God experiencing itself through creation and self-expression. And so after 32 years of my life, I can say that I experience God in my life through my relationship and the bliss states that we that I create for my own discovery. So it's connection to nature and life and the infinite experience the wisdom of experiencing anything that is alive. I experience God through pain even, and, and the lessons and the opportunities that I've had to catalyze those struggles for growth. Shit, I, I mean, I experienced God water skiing. Mm-hmm. Basketball was God for my youth. It I, it I felt those states of bliss. Sex feels like God. Making music, art, feels like God. I can see the evidence of God, as our friend Ryan Meeks would say, mm-hmm. when something is bringing me closer to love or mm-hmm. when I see it in somebody else bringing them closer to love. So the last the last analogy that I'll say, and I like to give this often, is we talk about health a mm-hmm. lot on the show. And we don't necessarily define health through one fitness protocol or one diet protocol. If I was to say, I reach health through CrossFit and keto because I've lost weight. I feel better. I have more energy. That is true. I have, I have connected with health Mm -hmm. through those lanes, but I'm not to the point where I would, if that worked for me, let's say it's CrossFit and keto. I'm not to the point that I have to then tell somebody else, you have to experience health through CrossFit and keto. Oh, wait, you actually prefer yoga and um, carnivore diet to reach health. That's not right. That's not, that's not your, you know, that's not mm-hmm. the proper way to health. You need to follow CrossFit and keto. Mm-hmm. I look at the same thing with God. I connect to God through a multitude of avenues. I realize that it can be done through religion. I, it's not worked for me, but I think God is more grand and can be, can be accessed in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And so as I continue to figure out who God is, and I don't know if I ever will, I know that I can experience it. And I've done so through hopefully what I've just long winded way of explaining (laughs) uh, a a roundabout variety of outside of the religious box sort of way. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Hey homies, have you ever wanted to get more medicinal mushrooms into your day? but don't really know where to start, I get it. It can be a really confusing and frustrating place. There's so many brands and spoiler, most of them are filled with grains like rice and oats to bulk up the end product. Now, it's not gonna hurt you, but it's completely diluted. That's why we only choose real mushrooms for all of our extracts, because it's just that, only that, real mushrooms. Organic, non-GMO, and third-party tested multiple times for the beneficial compounds. My favorite right now is the Tremella. She is the beauty queen mushroom, supporting deep hydration and glowing skin. I blend about a half a teaspoon into my coffee every morning and my skin is loving it. 
To try Real Mushrooms for yourself, go to realmushrooms.com and use the code MIMI, M-I-M-I, for a nice hefty discount. Remember, we only ever share what has made a significant impact in our lives. Enjoy, my loves. I love, I love your articulation of it. And it's, it is a challenging question because like you said in the beginning of your answer, it's like, that is the point that (laughs) if God is God, there has to be so much that we will never be able to even comprehend. And we are foolish if we think that we can to a definite degree and to the point that we have to tell someone else, this is it. You know, like it's a joke to think that we, any of us think that we have it completely figured out and completely egotistical. Right. So I, I, I love, and I love all your analogies. It just paints a beautiful picture of, of experience. And, um, uh, I hope that it, it landed with the listeners, but even if it doesn't, even if my answer doesn't, that's okay. Because we're totally comfortable being like, Hey, yeah, these are, these are my beliefs. And That's all good. Yeah, totally. All right. I want to hear from you. Yes. What are your views on God? What are your views on the divine? Mm-hmm. Well, before I answer, I want to just <laughs> piggyback on the thought that I just had and give this disclaimer. And I want to give this disclaimer not as an effort of like self-preservation, like <gasps> I want to guard myself in case that I, you know, in case I'm proven to be wrong or whatever it is. It's it's more, you know, uh, a, as a reflection of my beliefs being a result of my own experiential knowledge. So this disclaimer is I have released myself from the responsibility or the burden <laughs> of convincing others to believe what I believe. Uh, so as listeners, please just keep that in mind that in no way, shape or form, am I trying to convert anyone by sharing how I experience God. You may experience God in a completely different way. And I kind of hope that you do experience God in a different way. That's in my mind how we know that each of our relationships to the divine is personal and not some cookie cutter formulation that someone just handed to you. So I hope that your thoughts are different than mine. Um, I am very grateful for some of the Christian values that I was brought up with. Um, That being said, I would not call myself a quote unquote Christian or a member of any specific set of religious beliefs. And as I've allowed myself into the space of spiritual exploration, I've also released many of those fundamental beliefs of Christianity because I actually haven't found them to be in alignment with my current experience of the nature of unconditional love that Mm. the figure who is the, (laughs) at at the, you know, seat of Christianity that, that people follow this, uh, spiritual master, Jesus, um, some of those beliefs or some of those teachings that I have released are because I don't believe they are actually in alignment with what he actually taught. And they certainly are not in alignment with what I experience now as the divine. So right now, what is serving my life expression is asking questions from a place of curiosity and love, and then staying completely open to the experiential answers. And at this moment, the way I think about God is rather than this old man in the sky that grants my wishes if I'm good and obey him, 
Now I'm experiencing life through her creation, being plants, animals, and us as humans. I experience the wonder of God when I sit near the ocean, when I inhale the scent of a rose into my lungs, when I feel an emotional connection to an animal even, I feel God. And when I look into your beautiful blue eyes, I feel God. So I believe that each one of us is a sort of like fractal or a piece of God, not necessarily the source, capital S source, but a vehicle of that creative divine spark. I believe that this is in part what Jesus was speaking about when he said the kingdom of heaven is within you. And um, I believe that the purpose of life on earth is to experience and learn in order to evolve spiritually. So every interaction, event, and circumstance in my life has the potential to be a catalyst for my own growth. And it makes sense to me that this evolution of spirit would take many multiple lives to realize, embrace, and embody these lessons and truths that spiritual masters like Jesus spoke about, for instance. And uh, in, you know, contemplating this question, I was thinking about some of the books that I have read that have, have really um, helped me shape and, and ask these really um, what's Deep that word? philosophical questions. Yeah, philosophical, but I'm thinking of the, the almost like heretic, heretical. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a word? Heretical. <laughs> they would be considered like heretical questions. Um, and I, so I was thinking about these different books. And one of the books that jumped out at me off the bookshelf today was The Hidden Gospel. And uh, this is a book written by Neil Douglas Klotz. And Neil Douglas Klotz is a, an expert at um, translating Aramaic to English. And so when we listen to or read teachings of Jesus, we, we have to remember that he, he wasn't speaking English. <laughs> he was speaking in Aramaic. Um, and as we read the Bible, what we're reading was Aramaic, translated to Hebrew, translated to Greek, translated to English. So there's a lot lost in translation. So I really enjoy Neil Douglas's Klotz um, work and uh, books because he's taking the original Aramaic words and translating them directly to English rather than, you know, he's skipping the, the Hebrew and the, the Greek. So I wanted to read a little excerpt from his book, The Hidden Gospel, and um, he's touching on this concept that Jesus is speaking about where um, in Jesus's day, something that he spoke against was using your religion or your religious beliefs, beliefs for the purpose of increasing one's own social status. So these priests and Pharisees and religious leaders or whatever would make these grand public gestures to make sure everyone knew that they were the connection, they were the link to God. And Jesus was like the one saying like, no, 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 that's not how it works. And so he had some other ideas that he wanted to teach to people. So in Matthew 6, he proposes that we actually create a relationship with our own inner world. And he encourages people to, quote, pray in secret. And there's all sorts of rich imagery that go along with that sort of teaching. And so when we go back to the roots of the language that Jesus spoke, Aramaic, we get a really beautiful picture from him. You guys, Jesus was a freaking poet. 
so beautiful. He spoke in all sorts of poetry and parable and these rich stories to get his deeper layered points across. And so I just wanted to share one of them. So this is an excerpt from the book, The Hidden Gospel, like I said, by Neil Douglas Klotz. And uh, he is taking a quote from Matthew 6, this idea of praying in secret given by Jesus, and then expanding it to be a translation from Aramaic directly to English. So the original, I'll just read the original first. This is out of the, the King James Version. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. We can hear that and be like, if we take his words literally, we're like, okay, so we're supposed to go into a closet, close the door and pray to God. Like, is that the place that we pray? But knowing that it's coming from Aramaic, there's so much more rich dialogue that goes into these words to the point where it expands like two, three, four times its size to get in all of the meaning and rich, uh, rich layers. So Neil Douglas Klotz expands on this and he says, what Jesus is actually saying. When you want to lay yourself open for the divine, like a snare that is hollowed out to its depth, like a canopy that projects a shadow from the divine heat and light into your soul, then go into your inner place to that story or symbol that reminds you of the sacred. Close the doors of your awareness to the public person you think yourself to be. Pray to the parent of creation with your inner sense the outer senses turned within. Veiling yourself, the mystery may be unveiled through you. By opening yourself to the flow of the sacred, somewhere resounding in some inner form, the swell of the divine ocean can move through you. The breathing life of all reveals itself in the way you live your life. Mm. Isn't that so freaking rich? So and it's it's so different than the direct literal translation from King James where it's like just go into a closet and pray. He he's saying like when we go into when we open ourselves up into our inner spaces when we start creating a a relationship with our inner world and connect with that which is sacred inside of us, it changes our whole expression of our life. And we're allowing the, the divine ocean to flow through our life expression. Mm. And when I hear that, I'm just like, oh, that's immediately, I, I, resonate it, I resonate with it so much. You know, speaking to experiencing God through your eyes or listening to the ocean or smelling a flower or, uh, you know, sitting in meditation just on my own. Um, and I, I like what he also says there, when I release the public version of myself jesus would say dying yeah. to self that's the ego right yeah that's the ego the public version is my mask it's yes. my it's my uh label yes so as i release who i think i am you know aka dying to self i i open up my inner world to the flow of the sacred that would be interacting with the divine spark inside of me the breathing life of all reveals itself in the way i live my life spiritually evolving in this life and in the next until ultimately, you know, we become unified. We come back into unity with that creative source that is God. So can I prove any of this to you? No. And I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I just want to keep uncovering and discovering 
and creating our heaven on earth right now. Yeah. So again, not a set of beliefs or a definition. It is fluid, but that is currently how I like to uh, experience God and, and let his creative divine or her creative divine spark flow through me in the way that I express yeah, my life. Beautifully put. And, um, you know, the whole, like, Jesus is my homeboy. Like, that Jesus is <laughs> yeah, my homeboy. Yeah, right, totally. Um, and, and I just want to, like, acknowledge you, too, because this is such, it's been such a journey. And I, I, I was a little ahead, not in the sense that, um, like, I was doing better than you. I just was challenging things so early on in my life mm-hmm. um, as far as how people defined God. But it's been, you know, truly one of the biggest blessings of uh, my adult life to watch you through this process of deepening your relationship to divinity and seeing it um, be so fruitful in your life. And that's, you know, going back to my example of like watching someone get closer to love through their experience with divinity is the example of God. And I see mm-hmm. that through you and I see that through your, your work for curiosity. Mm. Thank you. I yeah. received that. And you mentioned you know, this is fluid for you. And I'd mm-hmm. mentioned previously that I might change my mind tomorrow or in a year from now. And I think that's like the important piece to all of these questions is you can change your mind. So as this transitions into the next question that I have for mm-hmm. you, that we have for each other, we are learning and studying all the time mm-hmm. and we're experiencing things such that it makes sense. We might change our mind occasionally. When was the last time you significantly changed your mind about something mm-hmm. and what was it? Well, I feel like the last two to three years of my life has been one big mind changing. But most recently, I have completely changed my mind on dairy. Mm. So I, I think, you know, since about high school, early college, I believed that basically just all dairy was unhealthy and even a contributor to disease in the body. Not necessarily because of my own personal, you know, negative experience with it, but just because certain health experts were teaching this more kind of in the mainstream. And so in college, I basically cut out all dairy, milk, cheese, cream, everything, even eggs for a year, which I know is, is not really dairy. Um, Well, like everything else in the world of nutrition, there is a sort of hierarchy of quality. In the hierarchy of dairy, conventional, pasteurized, inorganic dairy is pretty much just dangling at the bottom, like just sweeping the floor, the grimy, dusty, disease-filled floor. (laughs) So people are not wrong when they say that Dairy can have negative side effects in the body. Sure, conventional, inorganic, pasteurized dairy, I believe, is not a a healthy food. Water can have side effects if it's from a puddle. Yeah, right. But at the top of this hierarchy of dairy is this wonderful thing called raw milk and Mm. raw dairy that I I had never really taken the time to learn about. Um, raw dairy has so many wonderful properties like vitamins, minerals, beneficial enzymes, and probiotics, which are known to have benefits on things like the immune system and the GI tract. Some would say that all disease starts in the gut. Mm. So if we are cultivating a healthy environment with rich minerals, vitamins, probiotics, and these beneficial enzymes that, that exist in raw dairy we likely will have a more ro- robust expression of health. 
And so now instead of almond or soy milk, I mean, I was guzzling, like guzzling almond milk, coconut milk, soy milk. I still drink coconut milk from time to from time to time. Um, like if we go to coffee or something like that, but I have completely let go of almond and soy and switched completely over to raw milk and my body is loving it. One thing I've noticed, um, with raw milk is that I'm less thirsty throughout the Mm. day. So previously, before I started drinking raw milk, I just felt like an insatiable thirst for water. And I constantly had my water bottle with me just constantly sipping on it. I just never felt like I was fully satiated. And I really think that my body was searching for more nutrients and minerals because now that I'm drinking raw milk, I rarely feel that insatiable thirst anymore. I think because my body is loving the influx, the flow of uh, those rich vitamins and mineral- minerals that I'm that I'm getting so regularly. Yeah, totally. So complete 180 within the last few months, and um, so grateful for it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. We've made that transition together, and um, I'm loving it. Have had a lot of the same takeaways. Gut dialed in. Uh, definitely like the thirst thing, which is, is weird, but makes sense when you think about it. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you implemented that in your life because it has worked for mine. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in learning more about raw milk, um, or finding raw milk in somewhere close to you in the show notes, I will include the raw milk finder, um, resource that I have used to locate, uh, farms near yeah. us that sell raw milk because a lot of people can't like just come out and straight advertise this because it's kind of poo-pooed and in some cases, you know, uh, against the law, which is so weird. <laughs> so yeah, check the show notes if you're interested in finding raw milk near you. Cool. What about you, my love? When was the last time you significantly changed your mind? Well, I've been significantly changing my mind around uh, this this area. And I've mentioned it, I think, on, a, on another podcast. I can't remember if it was on one of these or one we were a guest on, but you know, my background's in accounting and finance. I'm educated, uh, got my college degree in that, in that lane. And then I'm a licensed CPA and, and FP&A professional, like got the badges and the certifications, right? I, as I began to like mature in my career and just as a human being, really started to resent my choice of becoming a finance professional. I am not really aligned with the uber profit driven hyper masculine intellectual way that the world of business operates i just see it hurting people at the cost of making money uh, taking little to no account for emotions and personal well-being of others and then i felt personally like it was blocking creativity Mm. and it kind of shamed a level of fluidity and flow in the way that i wanted to define my livelihood. And so I just started to distance myself from it, almost look at it like I was like I was ashamed and embarrassed that mm-hmm. it was my part of my background. And and the moments in my life where I made money or made uh m- more so as a consultant made money for people at the expense of uh others. And frankly, I just found that the traditional systems of finance and accounting are boring. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Recently, I've been shifting into looking at that part of my life as a tool and less a a definition of how I show up in the world. Believing that those skills in finance are actually just a tool uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be used in the traditional way of running a business. So 
instead of turning from that part of myself just completely as if it would it define me in some way, I'm actually just more curious as to how I can repurpose that tool, if you will, mm-hmm. in a way that can be a contributing factor to a more balanced way of doing business. So like where it's application supports impacting lives more than bottom lines, where it's very rational and analytical nature supports, contains, and provides actual guardrails for the creative flow of ideas and thinking that are outside of the box. And so I'm really shifting and being more grateful for those tools that I have and am actually curious and pretty excited about integrating them into a way that is much more uh, impactful. Yeah, making it your own and, yeah. and you know, not following the necessar- necessarily the script of a CPA, but yeah. like, how can I take these skills and transmute them into something that I want that's going to benefit my life in the way that I'm choosing to create it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Love it. All right. Ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you first. We talk about catalysts all the time in our in our different episodes and you know a catalyst is would be considered something like a difficult event or situation that actually helps you evolve something that you're in it and you're wondering like why the hell is this happening to me then later you can look back and glean some sort of wisdom from that experience because it has helped evolve you in some way what would be a major catalyst in your life Yeah. I mean, without question, it was our divorce and it being to what has led to my own just like complete spiritual, physical transformation. And it is not done. I'm still like integrating and finding Mm -hmm. lessons from all of it. Sure. But really like, and we've talked about it a lot, obviously on this show, but what stands out to me from that major life event, uh, event and the years that followed is a couple of takeaways um, just on love. And so I'll, I'll stick to those mm. knowing that we've, we've really talked about this, this event quite often, um, yeah. but maybe something fresh, you know, like when it pertains to love and the context of our divorce, I think a big takeaway was that I felt it. I mm. felt love. So for a minute after we split up, I questioned whether we ever actually loved each other. And even whether I loved you, like I legitimately questioned it. I think it was out of a way to preserve and distance myself from the pain. But I actually talked about this, I believe, when we had Mark Groves on our podcast. It was when I sat in the loneliness of having lost you that I felt the actual magnitude, the actual Mm -hmm. space that love took up. I, I, I say it on that podcast, but I had deleted all pictures of you and I. I'd removed your number. And I'm going through this exercise of getting rid of like every trace of you in my life. And I come across this picture of your face sleeping from our honeymoon that I'd zoomed in. You had no makeup on. You were completely just rested. It was such a like biological reflection of the person that I loved and the the soul that was within you because it was peaceful and beautiful and and just untouched and, and amazing. And I just broke. I just completely broke. I had hardly cried up to that point. And I just wept. I knew based on that depth and severity of pain and heartache that I had felt love Mm. and that it was real and that it was incredibly powerful. And like, that's what I mean too. When I'm talking about God earlier being pain, that is love. It's all of it. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's number one is like, fuck, I felt it. It was real. Is God real? Yes. Is love real? Yes. I felt it. Mm -hmm. Two, another big takeaway, and I'm still integrating this because I don't think I'm all the way there. I know it. I'm consciously competent. Um, But although I, I have implemented it, love in a relationship with someone else is completely put to the test when you are presented with the question of, do you love this person enough to let them go? Mm. Said differently, do you love this person enough to let them choose, choose their life, choose their beliefs, even choose whether they believe or not that they should be with you? Love in relationship is when you love someone enough that you allow them to make their life choices in the way that they see as free, even if it goes against your wishes. Do you love them enough to let them go? If they so wish to do so years after we divorced, it was only when I wished for your independent happiness and freedom outside of it having anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. Did I truly embody my love for you? Mm. Yeah, I get that. And I think this, not just romantic relationships. I think it's parenting. Mm -hmm. You know, do I love this little thing enough to let them go? and let them choose because mm-hmm. that could be what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And freedom of choice is just always going to be what's best for, yeah. for someone. And it's very painful to see them not choose you, but it's also an indication that you might have an attachment to them, not because of who they are, but more so what they do for you and your mm-hmm. own self-worth. Yeah. Hey friend, have you heard? Chase and I have finally done it, and the secret is out. After living and breathing medicinal mushrooms for many years, we wanted to create our own mushroom elixir formulation, something that is delicious, obviously, but also reflective of two of our biggest passions in life, highest quality mushrooms and highest quality love. We named it Mushy Love Latte. Mushy Love includes a whopping full gram of organic mushrooms, chaga and tremella, to support your gut health, immunity, hydration, and beauty. It's caffeine-free, made with organic ingredients, and no gut-disrupting sweeteners. Oh, and it tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll. Mushy Love is launching this summer with a limited supply. So if you want to insure a bag for yourself, make sure you get on our Mushy Love VIP list where you'll receive early pre-sale access, an exclusive discount, and behind-the-scenes content as we get ready to launch. To become VIP, just head to themedicine.com forward slash Mushy Love. That's M-U-S-H-Y-L-O-V-E. Or just check the show notes for the direct link. Let's get mushy, boo. Yeah, it's almost like <clears throat> it's a double-edged sword of it might be painful to let them go, but it's also painful to hold on and, and think that this person is only with me because I'm creating this identity for them in my life. And it's, um, but I, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying and it's something that I'm absolutely still contemplating on and meditating on in our life and our relationship Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things that's easier much easier said than done yeah so it's an it's an ongoing process for sure all right catalyst for you Mm -hmm. gotta hear it I've had many catalysts that I can think of but my most significant 
was for sure echoing you our divorce although it was an extremely challenging and painful low point definitely a a spiritual and emotional rock bottom in my life I can look back now with a sort of reverence for that pain kind of like how you express but I think we articulate it in different ways um it was almost like our divorce was tipping over that first domino that created this sort of chain reaction in my life that led to a lot of necessary healing for me. So after we split, my priority became, (laughs) okay, uh, that's not it. And I'm clearly very uh, unbalanced in a lot of ways. How do I learn how to rebalance and heal myself physically, emotionally, and spiritually? It wasn't immediate. It wasn't the second that we signed the divorce papers or the second that you drove to San Diego. It was, you know, months after. But I realized that I had to learn how to heal myself for myself. And that became my biggest priority in life because I, like I said, I was sick physically, emotionally, spiritually, like all of the things. So physically, I was unable to digest food properly. I had hair literally falling out in chunks, cystic acne for two years straight, losing a very unhealthy amount of weight, trashing my metabolism and hormones, which I'm still six years later, still healing today. Um, healing became such a priority for me that at 29, I moved back in with my parents and I really wanted to just focus solely on myself because I knew intuitively that's what I needed. I needed to get out of the environment where I developed this disease in my physical body. So that was me, you know, working on, on healing my, my, uh, me, myself physically, emotionally, I had suppressed my emotions so much of my life and and certainly in our marriage so long that I didn't even know which of my feelings could even be trusted. I had to create a new relationship with my own emotional body, allowing myself to feel the full bouquet, the full range, all of the emotions for the first time in my life. That was really freaking hard. (laughs) Um, Spiritually. This was the biggest leap for me. I had grown up with shame, guilt, and harsh self-judgment as such a deep pathway and program that after we divorced, I told myself for a long time that I was a monster and didn't deserve real love. I didn't deserve real love based on how I behaved towards the end of our marriage. And I felt such immense shame. (laughs) I felt such immense shame that it was unbearable at times. I remember a few times that when a fond memory of our life together would, would just pop up in my brain. Maybe it was, you know... A Harry Potter memory or, you know, something, a beautiful fond memory from us at Priest Lake. I remember a few times just allowing myself to go there and just weeping because I was carrying this immense guilt that I felt from the pain that I caused myself and others 
So rewiring that program of shame was no easy task. And it's something that I'm, you know, I'm still working on. I wouldn't say I'm 100% in the clear. I'm a hundred times better than I, I was, you know, three, four or five years ago. But I remember a specific night where I was at a, a, one of these low points. And I remember saying out loud to myself, by myself, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live like this. It was a it was like a switch turned on in me that just cracked the door to my consciousness little by little wanting to find another way of being, another way of living life. And again, it wasn't like it wasn't overnight. This was years of healing and working on myself. But I knew that in order to release the shame, I needed to authentically and uh, authentically know and understand myself on a deep level, which would then lead me getting connected again to the love inside me that I was so desperate for, but completely cut off from. So this is why I say now that truly loving myself was one of my greatest lessons in life thus far. Had I not done that, I'm confident that we would not be together today. Yeah. And all this healing, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, would not have happened the way that it did had we not get, gotten divorced. For that reason, our divorce has been the most significant catalyst for change in my life by far. Mm. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what a journey. Yes, indeed. All, All right. right. I'm going to I'm going to ask you this last one just okay. to give myself a little <laughs> second here. Totally. To um to regroup and to gather myself, but I appreciate you holding space for me and my teariness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just it's it it's uh it's although we've healed a lot from that time, the scars still exist. Yeah. And when we allow ourselves to go back into those frames of mind and those memories it's um it's still painful totally oh yeah we're we're a work in progress all right last question last deep question what is one area that you are personally working on emotionally or spiritually maybe less physically to evolve into a more conscious and intentional human being yeah it's been a long like slow process but i've just had a fascination by psychology and philosophy for quite some time. Um, I felt a little bit of a nudge. We were actually talking about it yesterday uh, in college, but was just too concerned with getting a getting a degree that was going to make me money in, in the business world. Um, and I'm like, man, I wish I could go back and deepen my study mm -hmm. in those areas while I was in school. But either way, I've been enjoying picking it up casually uh, in my adult life and, and really looking through and picking through some of the great thinkers and their works um, and really intend to do more and more of this as time goes on. One, I think philosophy and psychology uh, is just part of my own self-love and self-reflection practice. I enjoy it, thus I do it. Mm -hmm. And that's just healthy feedback. It's going to be a important part in my own spiritual journey and, and growth. And then two, I, I think it's really helpful in understanding others. And as I look to live my legacy, which is 
you know, going to be helping others through our podcast, through uh, my work at Organifi, through the individual that I uh, individual work that I'm able to do and on a small scale with men or, or women individually. I think understanding and having an idea around the topics of consciousness, uh, God, individuation, the soul, purpose, death, love, and, and way more, I think is just huge and important in those lanes of conversation and contemplation. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl Jung, Joseph Campbell, Rudolf Steiner, Paul Check. Unfortunately, you get to know him in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to, he- I tend to hear and see things better than reading them. Um, and I don't know if that's a bandwidth thing or if that's just my own story that I'm telling myself. But in addition to reading some of these great thinkers' written works, I've actually found it really helpful and might recommend instead finding their public lectures that are recorded, um, you know, looking into commentators who've studied their works and have spent their lives actually interpreting these really complex teachings and disseminating them to people in a much more like digestible way. So like, what does that mean? I basically take podcast, YouTube, audiobooks, any physical books, uh, and I, I, I consume them when I can. Just a couple examples, the Academy of Ideas, on YouTube. It's an incredible channel. It's got so much great work. Uh, After School from Mark Wooding, we've had him on the show twice. We share his shit all the time on Mm -hmm. Instagram and it's little 10, 20 minute videos of some of the greatest thoughts Mm -hmm. that you can possibly think. Um, I I pour over Alan Watts content on YouTube. He's got so many lectures and speeches. Um, There's a podcast that I've been listening to where union psychologists interviews other psychologists and it's called the sacred speaks podcasts i'd also recommend paul check's youtube and his podcast and then we just got through a 1980s like six or seven hour special uh of of joseph where joseph campbell was interviewed by bill moyers and it's called the power of myth oh it, it was is so good freaking it rad. was fire we you'll have to send me the link so i can put it in yeah. the show notes because you guys it i knew of joseph campbell but i i hadn't really like <clears throat> I hadn't really like studied his works. Um, and this just, oh, man, he is so, so, such a wonderful teacher and so beautifully articulates the human experience and myth and gods and divinity and all these big concepts. He's, he's just such a fun character yeah. to listen to. Yeah. He's awesome. So that little, little psychology, little philosophy, little worldview and spiritual development. Um, I'm just thirsty for it, dude. I just can't freaking get enough of this stuff. In addition to like aliens, I'm always, yeah. aliens. <laughs> and, and the NBA, but uh, it's like right. NBA aliens. What's the meaning of the universe? Right. Um, what about you? What do you, what have you been working on personally? Uh, you know, for your own self development. Yes. So for the first time in my life, I, I have felt this nudge to learn more about the conscious parenting space even though I don't even know for sure that we're going to have a kid. Um, and if we do, we're still a few few years out for sure. But I, when I feel these nudges, I allow myself to explore them, even if I can't quite explain the logic behind it, and it's never really served me wrong. Um, so it's just been creeping into my awareness to learn more and to start familiarizing myself with intentional parenting techniques that I was definitely not uh, exposed to in my childhood. I, I have wonderful memories as a child and I still 
have come to understand that if I don't make a a real effort to reprogramming to reprogram the parenting patterns that my parents used that I can look back now and say like oh that caused some trauma that I'm healing at 30 years old how do I not do that with my or our you know future child okay well it's going to it's going to require me a acquiring new tools and um, really immersing myself into what are some of these various conscious parenting techniques that feel right for us. And then, you know, discussing them with you and seeing how you feel about them. And then kind of just figuring out what kind of loving environment that we would want to bring a child into. Not waiting until we get pregnant to start familiarizing mm-hmm. myself and and rewiring the brain. If, if I got pregnant tomorrow, which I I won't, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like when you get pregnant as a woman, um, for me at least, I will want to make sure that that time is is spent really making sure that on a physical level that my health is that I'm taking care of my health and the baby and everything more on a a physical level. And I already want to be at that time exposed to some of these um, more loving, conscious parenting techniques and not make it feel like a a have to or a um, something on my to-do list, but like really be involved and let it, let it, let myself kind of marinate in it before we even get to that point where we're, we're trying to have a kid or something. So just slowly, um, exposing myself to these things. And, um, I got recently, we, we interviewed Angie check and she is such an incredible mother. And I, I told you guys in that episode that I would get her book list and I did. And, um, so she shared that with me and I've started to read, uh, some of the books and we've started to read some of the books together. So I thought I would just include them here. And I'll also, again, include them in the show notes for you guys. But, the ones that I'm loving um, are The Conscious Parent by Shafali Saberi, um, Healing Stories for Challenging Behavior by Susan Perro, Beyond the Rainbow Bridge by Barbara Patterson, No Bad Kids by Janet Lansbury. That was an audiobook and it was phenomenal. Oh my gosh, I loved every second of it. It's, it's all about... Um, boundaries with respect and how to um, create loving boundaries without shaming Mm -hmm. your child. And of course, obviously you just saw a few minutes ago how deeply rooted shame was in me. And that's something that I think it resonates with me so deeply because it's something that I've felt in my adult life that I've had to heal. And I, if I can alleviate that trauma for a child, I want to do everything that I can to do that. And then the last one is more a a book about um, holistic pregnancy and and what the body needs during pregnancy. So that's The Mama Natural Week-by-Week Guide to Pregnancy and Childbirth by Genevieve Howland. I haven't dipped into that one yet. It's it's quite the encyclopedia, Mm. but I can tell that it's going to be really valuable once I get to that point. Babies. (laughs) Hashtag babies. All right. Thanks for opening up your soul and your heart. I freaking yeah. love you so much. I love you too. I love I love your brain, your heart, your mind, your soul, everything that comes in the package of you. I want it all. <laughs> we'll close out the episode in the way that we close out every guest episode mm-hmm. by asking, what is your medicine for body, mind, and relationships? All right. 
um, right now for my body, it's animal products. Mm. <laughs> um, we have been eating more meat on the bone, chicken, wings, thighs, um, certain steaks, cuts of meat, um, Total Carnivore. We recently partnered with them, and so we're getting a, a regular influx of organ meats. Yeah, it which has me. It takes more organ meats today. Yeah, um, and with this, the raw dairy, like just all in all, I feel so good, so strong in my body and um, my digestion has literally never been better in my life. We're still eating vegetables and things, but the the animal products are really serving my body right now. Nice. Love it. And for my mind, reading. Mm. I look forward to reading every single morning. Um, right now I'm reading John Wineland's book from the core and it's just lighting me up and resonating on so many deep levels. And, um, it's just a fun feeling when you are, when you actually look forward to the book that you're reading and like, can't wait to, to digest more. That's a really wonderful feeling that I love. And for my relationship or my relationships, eye gazing, just looking at your eyes is such medicine. Um, I can feel when we go maybe a couple days without intentionally connecting our eyeballs, not because we're fighting or anything like that, but just because we're busy and we yeah. have a very full, blessed life. And it's so nourishing to my body that I can feel when it's when it's diminished. Oh, yeah. And I, I crave it, you know, just like five or 10 or 20 seconds of just looking in your eyeballs is such medicine for me. Me too. And it, it keeps you connected to your your empathy and the humanity of your partner where even in the moments if they're doing something that annoys you, we tend to like not want to look our partners in the eye because it reminds you of their humanness and your humanness yeah. and your soul connection, your soul tie or agreement with yeah. them, whatever. Or sometimes you're like, I don't want them to see that I'm feeling disconnected mm -hmm. and I don't want to ruin, I don't want to make this awkward. So I'm not going to look at them. Yeah. So I can't, you can't fake in your eyes. And so if you're feeling disconnected and you don't want to ruin a moment or ruin, you're in a group setting or whatever, you're just not making eye contact. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. What about for you, my love? What feels like medicine for your body, mind and relationships? Oh, body. I, my mobility practice, which is this hybrid between like low level resistance with rubber bands and pushups and pull-ups. And then a lot of like yogic poses has been uh, medicine for my body. I'm constantly trying to figure out what the appropriate level of exercise is for me. Mm -hmm. And as I battle, you know, adrenal fatigue ongoing for years and years and years, it's always this really delicate balance, but I can always fall back on my mobility practice. And there are days when I, I've been working out less and less and less, uh, just strictly because of the, the, um, real consciousness that I'm putting in, like how much stress I'm giving my body. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can always resort to that cause it's very restorative. So I'm grateful for that. Um, for my mind, you know, breath work, at least once a week, I'm, I'm doing holotropic breathing to the degree that it, you know, sends me out of my body and I have connection to what feels like a, like literally feels like a psychedelic trip. It's, mm. it's, you know, 30 minutes of just pretty intense breath work, which is a little bit uncomfortable, but, but has these profound bliss states, which is so fun to, to know that you can do it without any drugs. Mm -hmm. um, high on your own supply. High on your own supply. And then for my relationship, it's really similar to you in a lot of ways. Um, 
summer's busy and we're, we're, we're busy and we've got guests coming in. We've got tons of podcasts we're recording. We've got lots of work. We're traveling and, uh, such a pillar of our relationship is like sexual intimacy mm-hmm. and it's such a lifeline, but I also don't want it to be a crutch. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments where life suggests, um, intimacy is needed and we may not have the actual ability to like have the kind of sex that we want to have just because of things in, in the way um, it's non-sexual intimacy yeah. and it's eye gazing and it's um, having deep conversation or, you know, sharing a bag at the end of a long day on the deck and, and talking about like we did last night where we're talking about just the times of high school and mm-hmm. how, how fun they were. And um, so it's, it's intimacy, but, intimacy that's as incredible as sexual intimacy just through the form of uh connection mm-hmm. yeah i 100% agree and once we get done with this podcast i'm gonna hug you and ask you to breathe with me for a minute i'll breathe my uh bad breath and sweaty armpits <laughs> uh, and stinky no you're skin not stinky i you. like your musk i'm very musky i love it oh guys thank you so much for hanging in there if you have any thoughts on these questions, let us know. Yeah, we'll chat. Mm-hmm. We'll hit. We'll uh, we'll go back and forth because these are fun. Um, they're they're intense, sure, but we love that. Yeah, yeah. And if you guys want, I, I can um, put a list of these questions in the show notes so that you can take them into your life, ponder in your next journaling session, reflect on for yourself, or you know, um, share these questions with someone you love, whether it be your partner or a family member or a friend. Like, these are the conversations that bond people Mm -hmm. you know and that really um open you up to more bliss in your life because it that bliss comes with vulnerability when you show yourself as vulnerable to someone you love that is sort of like a permission slip for them to okay this person is safe i can be vulnerable as well and then in that vulnerability together you um you share intimacy and a a deeper bond so Let us know what you thought. Please share it if it hits your feels. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.